welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. We have weekly discussions with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. My guest today is Andre Smertenko. He is a cell biologist at the Institute of Biological Chemistry in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences. Andre joined WSU almost five years ago. He is originally from Ukraine, but worked for 17 years in the United Kingdom before coming to Pullman. Andre wants to understand how cells respond to drought stress and how we can harness processes inside cells to improve crop yields in arid climates. Hello, Andre. Hi, Andrew. Uh, say, it's a long way from Ukraine to Pullman. What, what brought you here? Well, I spent lots of um, time while I was a um, postdoctoral scientist in different labs learning basic aspects of uh, cell biology. And at some point, I started to feel it might be very good to apply this knowledge for some uh, agricultural problems. And um, uh, WSU has a very long-standing reputation in uh, combining basic research with applied research. And when I was looking to start my own lab, I kind of felt it would be a really good place um, to uh, apply my previous experience to real problems. Um, I was expecting that I could collaborate with uh, with scientists at WSU who are uh, working in crops, and indeed, um, I have a very uh, I have several very fruitful collaborations uh, that uh, uh, allow me to apply my knowledge to uh, to solving uh, problems like uh, drought tolerance. Yeah, we're glad you found your way to uh, Pullman from uh, all the way overseas. Wheat breeders often use genetic markers to identify varieties with better performance under drought, but you are more interested in cellular traits that may play a key role in stress adaptation. Why should we care about the situation inside the cells? Well, uh, cells uh, host um, uh, genes, so uh, lots of um, uh, lots of chemical reactions inside cells are focused on uh, supporting the gene functions and, more importantly, protecting genes during um, unfavorable, unfavorable environmental conditions. So many stresses can cause damage to DNA, and as a consequence, uh, uh, plants will not uh, feel very good, they will not perform very good, and the, and, and the yield will be not so, so, so nice. So I think there are many cellular processes that uh, we don't know about, but they could uh, uh, help to protect genetic information. And if you will combine uh, very useful cellular traits that protect genes with uh, very good genes that can uh, be responsible for other important traits, we can achieve much better crops performance under stressful conditions. Okay, so there's more than just genes going on in there. There's all this other chemistry going on inside the cell that's of interest to you. Yeah, absolutely. So your research has recently been supported by a grant from the USDA. What is the main focus of this work? So in this work, we are focusing on a small cellular structure called uh, peroxisome. So peroxisomes are notorious for their um, ability to neutralize a toxic class of chemicals, which are called, uh, called reactive oxygen species, or ROS. ROS uh, damage many cellular components during uh, stresses. And what is very important is their production uh, is in increased under stress. So cells have many different uh, 
mechanisms to neutralize RS, and peroxisomes is just one of them. So we believe by understanding how peroxisomes work under drought, we could devise mechanisms to uh, improving neutralization of RS under the drought and ultimately uh, protecting uh, uh, plants and pr uh, protect, protecting genetic markers. So what is so special about peroxisomes? You told us a little bit about it, but can you give us a little more detail about how they work and and um, what your real interest is with them? Yes, what is very interesting about peroxisomes is that their number in cells can change dramatically uh, during different processes, and in particular during stress. So um, uh, we have found that number of peroxisomes increases during drought. and. Um, uh, we can uh, use peroxisome number in cells as a, a, a kind of marker to understand at which point uh, plants feel stress and at which point they don't feel stressed. And perhaps we can uh, engineer plants with a higher number of peroxisomes that would perform better under drought. Okay, so they're responsible for a relatively small spectrum of chemical reactions in the cell. Um, are you afraid that if you focus on just these one type of uh, organelle, or is it an organelle? Yes. Yeah. One in, type yeah. of organelle, you might miss other important adaptation mechanisms? Yeah, of course, always focusing on specific structure in cells is associated with, uh, with risks, in particular if you're looking at the uh, stress responses. So as we know, uh, under stress, plants mobilize all different resources, all, in fact, probably all their resources to survive because it's such important for their reproduction cycle. Uh, but what uh, I feel particularly excited about peroxisomes is that they work in concert with many other structures. For example, they uh, uh, cooperate together with chloroplast in the photosynthesis, and they also co cooperate with mitochondria in um, many biosynthetic reactions and in neutralizing RS. So the number of peroxisomes in cells, as I mentioned, depends on the RS production, and therefore we can uh, use peroxisomes as a marker of many reactions in the cell, which control uh, uh, neutralization of, uh, of RS under stress. And therefore, by, only, by looking at re a relatively uh, specific uh, component of the cell, we can learn a lot about overall uh, plant responses to uh, stress. Okay, so when you see this large generation of peroxisomes, you can also then look and see what else the plant might be doing to try to fight off drought stress. Yeah, indeed. So what is good about peroxisomes is they have developed a specific assay to quickly and very inexpensively estimate the number of peroxisomes in cells. And then once we identify interesting uh, uh, plant varieties or uh, in, uh, specific stages during the response to stress, we can, can uh, deploy lots of other analytical techniques to understand uh, uh, more about other structures in the cell and how they perform under stress. Oh, very interesting. So what will be the next steps in this research that you're conducting? So um, next step, we would like to uh, identify genetic markers that are responsible for maintaining number of peroxisomes in cells. So in this case, instead of measuring number of peroxisomes, we can survey these markers and combine them with other genetic markers that people identify by doing different research. And then uh, in combination, these two sets of markers could uh, help us to predict how plants will respond under, under drought using uh, computer simulations instead of doing real experiments. So uh, wheat is genetically a fairly complex species. It's a, it's a hexaploid, uh, three sets of chromosomes, 
Why work with wheat? Why not work with something easy? Uh, what's the one that all the all the Arabidopsis? Arabidopsis, <laughs> yes. Why, why not work with a simple model plant like that rather than a complex plant like wheat? Well, uh, sometimes um, working with complex uh, systems uh, could uh, bring us significant benefits. Uh, in case of peroxisomes, uh, the uh, uh, importance of peroxisomes for so many different processes makes them indispensable for life. And if you will try to mess up with genes that control functions functions of peroxisomes, um, we can um, uh, we, we can we can uh, kill the plant. And so, identification of important uh, markers of peroxisome proliferation in uh, simple uh, genetic systems uh, has been challenging. And in fact, up to date, such markers have not been identified. And this is a significant drawback in our understanding of the role of peroxisomes in stress responses. So, uh, working with more complex uh, genetic systems uh, uh, um, brings advantage that they, that they have multiple genes responsible for uh, uh, regulation of peroxisome numbers in cells. And if you will, uh, for some reason, mess up with one of them, plants probably will not die. And so uh, it, it, it can survive, but we can probably detect this mutation. And in this way, we can identify the markers and uh, uh, unknown markers that are responsible for regulation of a uh, uh, number of peroxisomes in cells. Very interesting. So it's, uh, it's interesting to me that there's multiple tracks to look at uh, drought stress and plants' reaction to drought stress. And this is one I was not familiar with. So thank you for sharing that with us. I was wondering if our listeners want to learn more about what you're doing. Is there somewhere they can go to learn more about it? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to, to record this uh, podcast with you. And um, uh, uh, you can, you're welcome to go to the website of our institute. It's Institute of Biological Chemistry, where you can get a link to my personal webpage. Okay. Thank you very much, Andre. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you have questions for us that you'd like to hear addressed on future episodes, please email me at drew.lion at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu. You can also find us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. Subscribe to the show through iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next week.